Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema Era Podcast. A podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris... I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash Network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Broken Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. Welcome back to the spectacular Sal Bussama era podcast. We took a little bit of a break and I had to dish out some uh, Vlada love to the masses of Massachusetts, which was fantastic. But I wanted to dive back into a much better comic book writer and artist <laughs> with the Here spectacular Spider-Man 160 as we continue our journey through the acts of vengeance. This time, yes. the cover date is January 1990, the metal in men's souls. Jerry Conway is the writer, pencilers Sal Basema, as well as the inker, and uh, Bob Sharon's the colorist, Rick Parker, the letterer, and editor is Jim Scalrup. Just real quick, I'm not wrong, this takes place before the web issue, right? Dr. Doom has been waiting in the wings to get his revenge on Spider-Man for all the times they previously have fought against each other. Going back to Amazing Spider-Man number five, by the way. Uh, (laughs) The original Acts of Vengeance. Uh, he has assigned some of his minions to recover the robot known as Tess One from the ocean of the nearby New York Bay. Salvage operation is witnessed by Doom himself because he doesn't get his hands dirty. And he goes over his files over Project Power that details how Tess One was originally built to stop rogue super soldiers. Once on the surface, one of Dr. Doom's minions comes to inform him that he is being summoned by Magneto and the Kingpin, two of the co-conspirators of Loki's Acts of Vengeance. That afternoon, in Times Square, the Rhino, Hydra-Man, and the Shocker are battling each other. Spider-Man arrives on the scene to stop them, and suddenly he is jolted by a powerful surge from his Spider-Sense. The three of them stop their battle and their attentions to Spider-Man. However, the hero blasts them with his newly acquired powers. Well, at the home of J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson's fury is about the recent development in Washington after staying constant vigilantes for our menaces for years and now the Washington is finally listening he doesn't have a newspaper to cover it thanks to Thomas Fireheart buying the Daily Bugle a few issues ago he wishes Robbie Robertson Joe Robertson excuse me was present his lawyer Cynthia Burnham tells him that the president is considering Joe's case that's when they are interrupted by Nick Katzenberg who heard rumors that Jonah was starting a new publication and offers to sell him pictures of Spider-Man battling in Times Square recently. Meanwhile, at the Kingpin's office, Dr. Doom is performing repairs and modifications on Test 1 to send him after Spider-Man. Back at his apartment in Soho, Mary Jane is struggling to hang her wedding photos, and she's assisted by her husband, who sneaks up on her from above, scaring her a bit. 
When Peter tells her about the situation in Times Square, she's not surprised that people thought he was a menace, as even his newfound powers are beginning to worry his wife. Dr. Doom sends Test 1 after Spider-Man. The robot tries to dive-bomb Peter once again, smashing a statue of Christopher Columbus. Once again, oh, no. the old crawler uses his webbing. We'll get there in a minute. However, the crowd people are angry with Spider-Man for destroying the statue of Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Spider-Man is able to defeat funny. Test 1. That evening, Dr. Doom recovers the remains of Test 1 from the East River. Although the robot has been destroyed, Doom hopes that it completes the task of analyzing Spider-Man's new powers. To be continued. The cover has Spider-Man standing over three of his, I guess, uh, B-list foes. They're not mm-hmm. Doctor Doom. They're not Doctor Octopus. They're not Venom. They're not the Green Goblin. These are kind of like the B-list Spider-Man villains. Yes, yeah, <laughs> formidable, not A-listers. Correct. Um, and I think two. I believe two of these have been brought to life in the uh, media. One mm-hmm. written by Paul Giamatti. And I don't remember who played the Shocker in... Uh, uh, they remember, there was two people who technically played the Shocker in, in Homecoming. Right. There was, a so, white, there was a white Shocker and a black Shocker, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I believe so. And, uh, and But both great. And, and I think the villain, the third villain was Hydro Man, right? We haven't seen him yet. Yeah, we haven't seen Hydro Man for a while. Or ever during this entire run that we've been doing the story. Hydro Man... Um, we haven't seen the Rhino either. Hydro Man is Horace Bench, who was introduced in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 212, and shortly after he was introduced, he was merged with the Sandman to become the Muck Monster, and that encounter with with Hydro Man turned Sandman into a good guy for quite some time until uh, editorial was like, no, he's going to be a bad guy again. That kind of sucked, because I always liked Sandman as a good guy. But yeah, was Hydro Man would join the Sinister Syndicate with the Rhino, um, and uh, <clears throat> they would actually show up in the uh, Deadliest Foes of Spider-Man uh, miniseries with the Shocker as well. You know, it's always funny, because every time I used to see Hydro Man, I was just like, I just feel like someone was like, you know what, the Sandman was cool, but what's someone with water? Like, it's almost like, I want to say he's a poor man Sandman, because that's kind of ridiculous. But Morris Trench, I was like, okay, someone was reaching a little, but okay. Um, But it is just so funny because you have this whole issue. And I I just always find it really amusing that the entire issue, Spider-Man is kind of in a perpetual state of whining. Because he's he's got these powers. and like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with these powers. Oh, why does everybody not respect me even though I'm saving their life? And then I'm like, Peter, it's because you're throwing around your villains like they're tub toys. Like, people are going to be freaked out. You, you're, you're, you're flying. You're not, you know, wall crawling and web slinging in. You got all this power. Yeah, people are going to get freaked out. You went from, like, a, a spider to King Kong, you know? And then he even admits it. He's, like, he's, he's talking about it with Mary Jane. And she's like, oh, well, honey. He's like, oh, so now you believe them? Well, god damn, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go now. And it's just uh, like, even he's like, okay, I'm being too much. Like The um, the most disturbing thing in the issue is Nick, Nick Kassenberg discussing his apparent, like, newly acquired sex life with Cynthia. Yeah, that, I didn't need to see that. Nope, or hear about it. <sighs> yeah, that, that, and then that deal is so ridiculous, too. Like, it's either me or Peter, and I'm like, 
And some part of me is like, he's going to choose Peter, right? Right? And my brain is like, I don't know. It's Jonah. Also, Mary um, Jane's hair is widely different compared to what we've seen of her lately, but that just might be the way Sal draws the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s style hair that Mary Jane is sporting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, still draws Mary Jane pretty sexy. Gotta admit, Indeed. short shorts. <laughs> hey, but you, and also you gotta just enjoy that now looking at this in modern day context, uh, destroying Christopher Columbus's statue, I was like, foreshadowing now mm-hmm. right. Um, right sure i'm not gonna weigh in on the whole christopher columbus debate because i've heard both sides of it like no, i know but i'm just saying i i found that to be amusing because i feel like right. you showed that to certain people now people are like oh that's great and then some people are like i was like guys it's a comic book yeah oh but, no that's totally fine it's like yeah, if yeah. The, it's like if one of these issues written in the you know bygone era of the uh before we got very politically correct with things, uh, they knocked over a statue of General Lee in the South. People today would be like, good. Back then it'd be like, oh, criminal. <laughs> no, not that. But it's, it's just, yeah. Great military so, but, leader, sure. Wanted to but, keep slavery going? No. <laughs> but what you also got to enjoy is that, like, again, Jerry Conway writes these, these, like, this is essentially a doom issue. You know, this is very much a doom with Spider-Man issue. Right. Let's and, um, let's get into who Tess One is. I don't have a freaking clue. I've never heard of that up to reading this issue. I was like, what sort of wannabe Sentinel is this thing? You know, it's had and, it's had like a couple other appearances. One of them, okay. So its first appearance is Captain America Annual Number Eight. Okay. Which means it was created by the late great Mark Grunewald. Okay. So I give it some credit there, but it was literally right. built by Nazis to hunt down super soldiers. Yeah. Like, again, this is a super soldier sentinel. Right. Like, this is a, a prototype, essentially. Yeah. And they he has fought the X-Men as well. There you go. See, proving my point. But I think for me, the one scene is you got the, this whole thing is being watched by Doom, and one guy messes up. It's like, I'm going to let him live. It was like, actually, no. And I'm just like, I don't know why, but I found that to be really funny. The last time he was seen, by the way, as far as I'm aware, was in Secret mm. Avengers number volume two, number eight, and he had been basically rebuilt by AIM. Oh, uh, okay. So he's had something of a modern day appearance, if you could even call it that. Captain America Avengers Avenger. I don't know what that book is. I have never heard of it. it came out in 2011, but he appeared in that as well. I'm like okay, yeah. I don't know what Again. that is. It's got it's got a it's got great cover art by uh, uh, Art Adams of Captain America, as far as I can tell. So a plus for that, <laughs> right? But it, it's just again, you know, this this to me was I don't want to say it was a bit of a throwaway villain because it was definitely a throwback. <laughs> it is. It's like it's like yeah. something they would throw in the background of like I would say. It would be hilarious if this have showed up if this shows up in like the Falcon Captain America movie or something or mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. whatever like a throwaway line in like the upcoming Spider Man or, or hell you can even throw it into Morbius which just had its new trailer come out yeah already saw it but it, it essentially like By I way, said speaking of shoehorned in things yeah we're not gonna go there. 
No. But, well, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I think so. Right. What do you think I'm talking about when I say shoehorned in a Morbius trailer? Are you talking about either Vulture? Yep. Or is that I could have that cut to Vulture in the middle of the trailer, which was approximately four seconds long, was not necessary. Mm-hmm. That took me completely out of that trailer when that happened. The, uh, this is funny because that also threw me because it almost looks like he's consulting. So I was like, okay, what? Well, he's a but, doctor. So even in prison, doctors are sometimes, prison doctors are sometimes um, used uh, for their skills as a doctor. I guess. But for me, I will say this just briefly before we get back to finishing our review. Um, the, the line at the end when Morbius says, I am Venom was pretty funny. That, that I actually chuckled at that. And then like, what? And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius. I was like, <laughs> that was cute. Is that what he says? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he says. Okay, because earlier in the trailer, they all the cop says, we haven't seen anything like this since what happened in San Francisco. Yeah. Which also, by the way, this, this definitely shows that this was filmed well before Venom 2, because at the end of Venom 2, spoiler alert for the movie, is about a month old. Venom it's shifts all into the same the, universe. What was that? Yeah, it's all the same universe. I yeah, know. Venom shifts into the regular Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know. So, no. that, not gonna explain, I'm not going to explain anything else. Don't worry. There's no, I'm not going to give it all away, but just for anyone yeah. listening, there <laughs> is, it, Venom is now aligned with the Marvel Universe. How, why, and what happens, I'm not going to explain, but. Yeah, we, we don't have the time nor the budget to explain. No, that, no, 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 no. Why but, don't we move on to Web of Spider-Man? Yeah, so essentially, this was fine. Bit of a throwaway. The point being is Dr. Doom is like, oh, now I will get, like, everything I, is Dr. Doom is, I will get this power because I'm owed this because I am Doom. If I ever get a chance to talk to Gary Conway or Sal Basema, I'm going to ask him, why the hell didn't Spider-Man fight Dr. Doom? Yeah, right? That would have been great. That would have been great. But as I pointed out, he has fought Dr. Doom before. Going back yeah. to Amazing Spider-Man number five, the very first year of Spider-Man comics. Right. That's I a mean, big Dr. deal. Dr. Doom kidnaps Flash Thompson thinking he's Spider-Man. <laughs> right. And, and and that's a huge deal. I mean, that's his first year, you know. Spider-Man right. I love that issue because Doom is like, Okay, this kid is clearly not Spider-Man. Flash is like, oh, I just want my mommy. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's just like, how did I ever think? Like, my favorite is that Doom is ego, and you see this a lot in the earlier work. And now they he's kind of accepted it. When I, everything is Doom is like, oh, how could I have made this mistake? No, because I am Doom, and Doom does not make mistakes. I was like, yes, because your track record is so great, Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless, still this this for us as a throwaway was far better than some issues where people really put in the effort. So Jared Conway's throwaway issues are still mildly entertaining to me more than than some of our modern day stuff. But we're not going to go there. Right. So so now jumping to Web of Spider Man sixty one, which or as as it's called Dragon in the Dark. I can't. Um, so. Uh, also, February 1990, writer Terry Conway, Alex Saviuk is back. We have Keith Williams as the anchor, Bob Sharon is colorist, Rich Parker is a letterer, Jim Salakrup is the, the editor for this. And of course, the art was Alex Saviuk and Andy Mushkiniski. 
So picking up where we will left off, um, Spider-Man is hating himself for his power, hating himself because the public hates him more than even he does. So he decides, that's it, I'm done. And he throws his mask off of the top of the Empire State Building, where it is caught by the wizard who can't believe that Spider-Man is done. When he runs back to the gang at, uh, of the Acts of Vengeance gang, as I like to call them, they don't believe it. They say this is bullshit. Um, they, don't, they think it's a fake, especially Dr. Doom, who goes back to his experiments, while the Kingpin says he can't quit. While, of course, our mysterious benefactor can't help but notice too. So the wizard has his plan. It's his turn to take down Spider-Man. So his plan is with the Dragon Man, uh, who has been upgraded to essentially be a cybernetic bloodhound, which, using Peter's mask, he will find him. Uh, Peter uh, is reminded he's meeting their cousin Christy, you know, me and Chris's favorite character from uh... Spectacular. Uh, you know, the redheaded anorexic who is very jealous of her cousin and who we just don't care about anymore. Um, after agreeing to babysit Normie Osborne, Peter is continuing his, his pity parade while the dragon man arrives and to follow him, essentially crashing through a subway to, to search for Peter. Dr. Doom is still obsessed with getting power for himself while his benefactor can't help but notice this. Uh, Christy has a sweet moment admitting that she did have an eating disorder that it's due to her troubled home but of course she's talking to Mary Jane whose home life was far worse than Christy um, Peter is still fighting Dragon Man he keeps getting uh, flame broiled and essentially complains about having to rebuild his costume Dragon Man knocks out a subway car which then Peter saves all the passengers for while still thinking he's going to get blamed for it after pretty much Dragon Man exhausts himself with his flames. Peter puts the dragon down. Uh, everyone loves him again. He is back on track. He's not going to quit. And the wizard is like, shit. This is exactly what I didn't want to do. Uh, meanwhile, Dr. Doom tries to extract the Spider-Man power that Tess won, you know, our fun little machine from before. Uh, that ex The machine explodes before the power can be given. Our mysterious benefactor notices yet again this Doom swears revenge. Uh, and while Liz is taking care of her son, she gets a secret phone call from someone who's from prison, who, spoiler everybody, it's her stepbrother, Mark Raxton, who has been released from prison. Chris, we know this guy better as the Molten Man, right? It's the Molten Man? Correct. Mark Raxton. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't remember when the revelation. Okay, so uh, Liz, right, let's go back in time a little bit. Liz Osborne has been a character in the Spider-Man books going back to, I believe, Amazing Fantasy number 15. She is one of the kids in the crowd she that is. shoes Peter away when he's like, hey, let's go to the science fair. And they're like, you know, we're going like, to hang out with chicks and have uh, premarital sex and do drugs. You go to the science yeah. fair. Um Molten Man was introduced just prior to Peter graduating from high school or after he graduated. Yes, in fact, uh, Marvel.com confirms Amazing Fantasy number 15 is the first appearance of Liz Allen Osborne, who, nice. if you read current issues of Spider-Man, just became a widow again. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, her yep. stepbrother is the Molten Man, and 
uh, again, either before or after Peter graduated from high school, Molten, Molten Man was introduced. Now, Liz ran away after graduation, like disappeared from the book, completely vanished for like 150-something issues. Like she didn't return until I think either prior or after the original Clone Saga. And yeah. and and she just before she left high school, you know, graduate after she after she graduated, she told Peter that she had always loved him and had a crush on him, and he was like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me," <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. Betty wasn't giving him the time of day anymore because of Ned Leeds. Aunt May was constantly trying to fix him up with uh, this girl that he never met before with a great personality named Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah he he was like the girl i've been pining over in high school all this time had a crush on me as well and i believe she was somewhat brought to life in the spider-man homecoming movie but that's a real far stretch because that was elizabeth toons the daughter of the vulture right which by the way is more in line with the ultimate spider-man miles morales character rapture i think her name is her mm-hmm. grandfather, which means her mother, is the daughter, mm-hmm. the vulture. The vulture oh, has okay. a black daughter um, right. and a black granddaughter, which is more in line with the vulture having a mixed race family in the uh, uh, the the you know the Marvel films. MCU, yeah. Yeah, which I so, thought was like, okay, does that mean she's clever. coming back as Rapture for Miles Morales, possibly if they ever get around to doing Miles? Which is funny, cool. by the way. After all the bullshit that Adrian had been feeding her for years, Miles finally straightened her out, and she learned the truth that, no, Adrian Toomes is a fucking psychopath murderer, and she needs to stop pining over her, you know, grandfather being this, you know, poor, defenseless man that Spider-Man beats up, and well, it, she is now currently dating Miles Morales. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure Adrian loves the fact that his granddaughter's dating a spider. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. So, so this was... Again, Jerry always does a good job. There's a lot of information dumped right there for Liz and, and, and the Molten Man. <laughs> yeah. So this was fine. Um, I enjoy uh, the idea of the, the Dragon Man essentially being a robot bloodhound. Right. Okay, um, let's get to the Dragon Man. What do you know about him? I, I primarily was introduced to him as a member of the Future Foundation. Right. Um, He's smart now. Yeah, he's, like, really smart. Um, so this was interesting to see him basically being a, a cybernetic lapdog. Um, but that's been touched on in earlier things. That was interesting. Um, I just enjoy – I think this is one of the quickest Peter, I'm, I'm quitting being Spider-Man moments I've read. And I the entire time I was like, oh, my God, stop whining. Holy fuck, come on. Like – he threw his mask. I was like, of course the wizard's going to catch it. Um, but I enjoyed, like, he brings it back to the axe vending. I was like, it's a fake. Why would he quit now? He's got all this power. Even the king right. was like, I won't let him quit. And that, to me, reminded me, you brought Ultimate Spider-Man. That reminds me of, of Ultimate Spider-Man when he did something like that to Peter. Where he was like, if you quit, I'll just find someone else to do, to do it. Because I own your copyright. So whatever you do, I'm making money off of you. Revenge, right. Which is, um, by the way, that is the plot line right now going on in the Beyond storyline uh, with, with Ben basically uh, okay. making money off the copyright of Spider-Man. Wow. 
Yeah, That's the Beyond right. Corporation has copywritten Spider-Man, and they've given it to Ben Riley. Wow, that's too funny. Yeah. No, but back to this. Um, every time I see Christy, I'm just reminded of how, well, like, what a throwaway Same, character. terrible, yeah. crappy character she is, yeah. Yeah, even, like, this sweet moment, I was like, yeah, I don't care. Can we just get back, like... I would ratch I would rather watch, which I'm pretty sure the mysterious benefactor, it's clearly Loki. Um I, I would Have rather we watch it enough times that it's Loki. <laughs> yeah. I, like I'd rather watch him sabotage Doom like some more than than Christy. And I think it was also funny because the way Jerry writes the things, like he's trying to write the story like it's a fairy tale, like once upon a time, there was a dragon. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. But yet again, like Peter, I feel like Peter later on would more appreciate. He has all this power. He literally saved an entire train car and all its people from getting like severely injured or dead. And he's still complaining. Like, oh, okay, cool. I saved all of you, but you're all going to blame me for it. And and everyone pops out at the end. He's like, oh, Spider-Man saved us. Can I get your order? You're the best, Spider. He's like, validation. I'm back. And then the shit was just like, shit, this is not what I wanted. I wanted you to quit, you know? Um, again, this is fine. I'm just still waiting for when we see the Captain Universe costume. I know that's coming up. Yep. That's In the I'm... next episode of the Spectacular Style Basama Air podcast, we end the Acts of Vengeance storyline. It's going to be three issues, but only we're not really going to be covering in-depth detail the uh the aftermath of the amazing spider-man of the acts of vengeance it's two issues of web of spider-man back-to-back where basically all the villains that he beat up with the cosmic powers come back to get their revenge oh boy that's gonna be great yeah but we're not gonna cover it in in, in massive massive detail and by the way the amazing spider-man issue 329 is the aftermath of acts of vengeance this is loki's last ditch effort uh with the help of sebastian stan to basically his plot his plot has been defeated time to wreck a nuclear plant not time to wreck a nuclear plant and destroy new york with it did you mean sebastian shaw shaw i'm sorry sebastian shaw so we'll cover that in the next exciting episode of the spectacular sal basema era podcast that's not actually talking about sal (laughs) basema yeah i know i know i know but we gotta finish the act of vengeance we started it we have to finish it so oh no totally but you know this is still i mean again i'm still enjoying this but we're covering oh. the two web of issues that take place after this in, in too much detail. I'll just give a couple of quick points of what happens in issues uh, 62 okay. and 63. Uh, that's fine. But okay, yeah, overall, just, overall, this was still fine. I like this better than the previous one. The previous one, I was like, okay. Like, anytime I see that robot, I'm like, go away. Like, when it blew up again, I was like, good. Test one, go, go away. Right. Show up the next time we cover the spectacular Sal, the spectacular Spider-Man uh, in its entirety will be one issue. It will be issue 162, and I believe we should be having a special guest on with us, the cosplayer Mayday Parker, who cosplays Please. as every iteration you could possibly think of of Spider-Girl, um, as we are going to kick off a three-part storyline involving Hobgoblin returning. Right, she's a big fan of this. Yes, she's totally a huge Hobgoblin yes. fan. Uh, in issues 61, 62, and 63, featured not only Hobgoblin, but also Puma and mm-hmm. the return of Carrion. 
Ooh, that does sound great. I yeah, can't these are three of my favorite Spider-Man issues because we get the demonic possessed Hobgoblin. By the way, he's still demonically right. possessed, and we get the uh, the living corpse of uh, Miles Warren, or we're led to carry on. Um, right, carry on. So right. good stuff. And that, by the way, be the last time we see carry on for quite some time until Maximum mm-hmm. Carnage. But I'm I right. digress, and I'm getting ahead of myself. You Thank you, do. Drew. For joining me for this last second to last part of the Acts of Vengeance storyline. You know, it was definitely fun. I'm gl- finally glad I got to read this because I've I've been meaning to for for a while. So you know, this has definitely been great, and and it's just nice to laugh about it because sometimes we have to remind ourselves, despite how much we love comics, sometimes comics are really dumb. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to uh, continue the Acts of Vengeance storyline before the uh, finale, uh, the trade paperback, which has all the tie-ins to it uh, that are not Avengers, basically, the Alpha Flight issue number 79 has the Scorpion attacking Alpha Flight, which is pretty hilarious. (laughs) Um, I'm like, really? The Scorpion? (laughs) Right. That's your be- that's your best bet, the Scorpion. Yeah, right. right. So it's issue 79 and 80, the Scorpion attacks Alpha Flight. Um <laughs> and I believe there's another Spider-Man villain that shows up in Act of Vengeance. Give me one quick second. Uh nope, Tiger Shark attacks Wolverine. <laughs> another lame character who's currently running around with Namor, the uh you know, whatever watery crew Namor has right now. Right. right. Uh, by the way, speaking of Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom will show up in uh, Avengers issue 750 anniversary oh, nice. issue coming up. Oh, okay, that's the other one. Okay, so over in New Mutants, uh, issue 86 of the Acts of Vengeance, the Vulture shows up. Oh God! And this is drawn by Rob Liefeld. So if you want to see Rob Liefeld draw the Vulture, you can see the Vulture fight Rusty, not oh, the God. entire New Mutants, by the way, but Rusty. Just rusty. Yeah, just Rusty. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, oh, no I believe for Spider-Man villains, that's it. Just let me look through my notes. Yeah, that's fine. That's just... The Vulture, that's the Mandarin fights Psylocke. That's okay. Um, Loki tries to entice Apocalypse to join. Apocalypse, ah! get the fuck away from me. Yeah, right. Oh, oh okay. The, the really funny... Uh, it's, it's not Spider-Man related, but Uncanny X-Men number 258 uh, 257 and 256, the, the, the Mandarin, or whatever the mm. hell he's called in the MCU these days, attacks the X-Men, fights Psylocke and Wolverine, and in the Wolverine mm. issue, he fights Wolverine. It looks like Venom is attacking Wolverine in the first two panels. I don't know if you've ever mm. seen this. It's amazing Jim Lee artwork, but I swear to God, as a kid, I thought it was Venom. <laughs> I'll check that out. Uh, by the way, the Acts of Vengeance trade paperback also has in it news articles from, I believe, the Daily Bugle talking about the attack on Avengers Mansion by the Mandarin, an interview with the Wingless Wizard, uh, the article about Spider-Man getting his new powers and defeating Magneto and the Hulk, plus press pamphlets that contain the cover to the Avengers Acts of Vengeance uh, omnibus with the mm-hmm. hero's weapons damaged on the ground with the villain standing around them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spider-Man, the Cosmic Adventures uh, original trade paperback from the early 90s uh, that has Spider-Man flying at the cover with his fist glowing, plus a great, I think this is by Alan, D- yeah, a great 
promo art piece of all the villains fighting all the heroes of their opposites by Alan Davis. A great group shot of the villains in semi-shadow by John Byrne. We got the Red Skull, the Kingpin, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, Magneto, and the Wizard. And two trade paperbacks for just Spider-Man's tie-ins, including a newly recolored uh, cover to the Cosmic Spidey uh, start of the story by Sal Buscema with Spider-Man and the Trapster, and then a newly recolored Todd McFarlane cover of him punching the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, an X-Men cover, which has the uh, X-Factor like running towards us. By the way, X-Factor never gotten themselves involved in X-Amendments. They were off on some alien world having alien world adventures, which I, the only reason I bring that up is because there is an X-Men book happening right now called X-Men Legends, which is filling in gaps and continuity of X-Men. I can't. No, it's actually a pretty decent book, depending on which story you are mostly invested in. Yeah, about to say. It yeah, there is some a uh, couple of good stories in there. I don't I wouldn't say they're all fantastic, but there's a couple of uh, decent ones that I enjoyed, especially because of the fact they get the original creative team to come back to do these stories. So where can everyone find you, Drew? Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Ghostbusterman1984. I'm working with Chris here on the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema podcast and also on his top-secret TV project. and. Um, and I'm also, I work with Screen Rant. Um, I write articles. I do other things. I'm essentially very busy. So if you try reaching out to me, it takes a while. It's not personal. It's just I'm busy. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Drew. Right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll be back in about a week or so, hopefully about a week or so, for a small, tiny episode covering the ending to Acts of Vengeance. Okay. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. And uh, everybody, reload those web shooters because we've got a busy week next time. Uh-huh.